Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Well, last time we were together, Lugo, which was, I guess, last week, uh, time is relative. And I think Einstein said that. Yes. As you get older, it becomes more relative. Uh, you'll understand that in about 20 years. Anyway, <laughs> Thank we, you. <laughs> we left <laughs> off the last conversation, I think, uh, talking about trust or getting into trust a little bit. So uh, let's get into that. Let's, uh, let's go a little bit deeper. Now, as you know, uh, my first book, Air Power, H-E-I-R Power, Eight Basic Habits of Eight Basic Habits of Exceptionally Powerful Lieutenants. I had a, a, a chapter in there that's going to be in a, a book eventually, and I'll send it to you so you can publish it. Mm-hmm. But it's called uh, Building Trust, and and I do a workshop on this. And so anybody that wants to a, a workshop on this, please get connect with me, and I will be glad to negotiate with you. Or my people will talk to your people, however that works. But anyway, the, the things that I have in the book, uh, I think we can get started with how do we define trust. In my workshops, Lugo, I always ask what, let's define it, because we, we need to have at least a working definition of what we're talking about, right? Because trust means all kinds of stuff to everybody. Invariably, everyone that provides a definition or a description talks about when someone does this, when uh, the cops do this, when the bus drivers do this, when the president does this, that's trust. My whole workshop, though, is geared toward being trustworthy because I turn it around. I ask them, what about you when you're those things or you're not those things and we don't have trust? And that's the, the gist of the uh, of the workshop or the conversation. The things that I think, and I'll, I'll uh, point them out here and then we can talk about some of them or all of them or none of them. But I think that we trust people who are competent, who are confident, who keep us informed, who listen to us, who are considerate or care, that's interchangeable, I think, who make themselves available, who are consistent, and who are principle-centered. So we can pick some of those or, you know, again, number one, you better know what you're doing before I trust you. Let me share a story with you. Well, okay, but yeah, let me, I'll share this story with you. I, I, I'd just gotten back to the States from Germany, where we, we were stationed before we came back to the States. Mm-hmm, yes. And I, I, I went, uh, I had just retired, so they were just still finishing up my retirement uh, physical. And I go to the, the hospital and they tell me, Chief, uh, you're at that age. Now I told them, I asked them, what is that age? There's no number for that age, Lugo. You're coming up on it, okay? It's a bad. It's a bad thing when people start that conversation. Uh, you are at that age, you yes. know. That's the, the, yeah. You think from that on, well, what good is gonna come out? You know, exactly. let me keep on listening. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, they send me down to Fort Carson, uh, which is nearby. Uh, for a procedure. Now, a procedure in medical terms is when they're going to put this big instrument in this little hole. That's pretty much it. If you think about it, the times that they've done a procedure on it, you say, yeah, exactly right. So anyway, they sent me to this doc uh, for a consultation of uh, telling me what's going to happen, all that stuff. 
anyway, when he walks in, uh, I notice he looks uh, a lot like me. And I ask him, because he tells me, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do And I ask him, have you ever done this before? And he mm. says, uh, yeah, about 35,000 times. Well, mm. the, the odds are getting better. You know, again, we're talking about trust. Will I trust him 35,000 times? Here's the next question. Has anyone ever died from it? And he says, not yet. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Uh, you may hmm. be the outlier. I may, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, it's like when I go get uh, blood drawn at the lab. You know, I, I always I look at the name tags because I don't want the guy that says trainee. No, no, give me the guy that's done it fifty thousand times and didn't kill anybody. So I, I say that to make the point that I think we trust people who are competent, who know their stuff. And we're talking about leaders and futures. Uh, I think we're going to trust a leader who has done it a little bit and succeeded. Don't you? Well, uh, you mentioned there are some numbers, uh, thirty-five thousand times. You said when you were talking with that person. So we believe in demonstrated mastery, right? And in this case, you know, when we say that we achieve mastery overall, I mean, it is said uh, when you have done something about 10,000 times, right? The old Bruce Lee analogy of practicing a movement 10,000 times and uh, produces mastery. So this person was three and a half times master, right? Like uh, yeah. three and a half master. Right. And, and and so because this person has some kind of performance, this person had gone over and have demonstrated his performance over and over time, and we have seen their results, right? Because we don't know the person. I mean, you probably can look at their statistics for that person and you say, you know what? This person has done this very many times. We do that in everything. I mean, you think about, uh, you think about uh, Google, you're going to, get service somewhere, you go in there and you look at the reviews and what you're looking at, you're looking at uh, performance over time. How right. is this person evaluated over time? And then the statistics of that person, in this case, 35,000 times, we say person three, you know, three and a half times a master. And because we have seen that, then we can, then uh, we can predict that the next outcome that this person will have out of a particular action will be on target and so for us we you know we uh, we either want it on target or we want it within some specific limits but in this case we know this person is going to hit the target which is which is a nominal value right and then uh and so because we have seen that we develop a sense of trust so competence is i mean our whole society is built in this on this principle of competence it, and if it doesn't then we don't buy you don't buy a car that the, the manufacturer continues to have troubles and problems and problems you know right. i mean i know kind of like fords <laughs> like like fords <laughs> uh yeah, unless it's a ford uh, for truck yeah right? <laughs> right. Real tough right you know? sure. uh, so uh yeah uh, so that's for us competence, and I I believe it's important regarding uh, trust because uh, people are going to sign up, sign up for something. Now, that's how movements happen, right? You believe in the person, then two, three, four of us believe um, the same, and then we begin to act and we begin to see the outcomes of that, and we can measure the success or failure some of those to a degree, and then based on that. Then, then we say, well, if we do this, 
we will be able to get this outcome and over time we can get what we want you know they the back to the negotiating uh the future and i know we started talking a little bit about that on our last episode we kind of did a tango dance between between trust and negotiating the future yeah. but i thought that was necessary because just like you mentioned uh trust is is the it got to be fundamental for, for for you to lead right and when you're trying to convince someone that this is the future that you envision and that we should envision that's critical because if I don't trust you, I don't care how sophisticated or how uh, interesting it might be, that future that you're envisioning, but I don't trust you. I, I don't trust. And I think the trust level there, Lugo, is that, yeah, this is a great future as long as I'm part of it. As long as I can trust you to take care of me, to be part of it, and to succeed at it as well. You know, you've worked with some, I've worked with some, I've, you've read plenty of, about, uh, quote, leaders who didn't practice that who were out for themselves and yeah they had a great vision for this particular future and everybody got screwed because they followed him or her or whatever it may be and uh, but I think as, as, you're, as we were talking about negotiating this future I think it always has to start with trust I'm not going to negotiate with you unless I trust you I mean that, that happens with uh, when you go to a car salesman you somehow you figure out pretty darn quick whether you trust him or not it may not be valid but nonetheless, you make that de that decision. Yeah, I trust him or her, and the the future that that guy or that person is uh, trying to sell you is you in that Ford pickup. Yes, um, you know the first thing that needs to happen is that particular sense of of seeing that future, right? That means that I see myself feeling good about a particular outcome. I actually feel it. You know what I'm saying? Not only see it, I feel it. I may even be playing a really nice song on the on the on the, <laughs> on the truck as I'm driving. Yeah. I mean, I I feel it in all. Well, the and smell, so... Lugo, the smell <laughs> that the smell of a new vehicle, man. Oh, oh that I gets know. you. You know, they have Absolutely. little aerosols that you can spray in your car, so it smells like a new vehicle because yeah. that gives you that sense of. I'm not sure that it's trust, but nonetheless, that negotiation of that future. Here I am. I own this mm. thing. Yeah. And so, no, that that's true, the smell. But you see what happens with the smell? The smell, what it does, it triggers in your brain uh, this uh, feeling of, uh, of past experiences and how those experiences can be replicated in the future. Right? For example, you remember when you bought that new car and you, you know, the smell, right? And so it triggers this feeling like, oh, this feels good. And so you are thinking that you're going to have the exact same feeling going to buy a new car. So, but that's not the same. It's, it's being able, it's not the enough. You have to be able to see yourself there enjoying that future or not enjoying that future too. Cause that's, that's the other part, you know, there's right. utopian and dystopian futures that we want to be or not be in. And so, and so then we have to have confidence that that future is possible. And then, and then we got to understand in negotiating the future uh, first is understanding that uh, every kind of future has uh, weights, has pushes and have pulls. I mean, uh, there's there are visions and images that kind of pull you to the future, like like you were talking about this, the smell, the 
uh, the, the, I see myself driving this. Uh, and then there's other things that, that weigh on you and prevent you from moving forward in that future when you're negotiating, you know, some of the things are things that cause that, uh, inertia, uh, what it is now. I may, I mean, I'm in this job, for example, and with this job, I don't, I don't, I, I can't, I cannot get there. I can, I don't have the salary maybe, or, or the means or resources that I need to move into that future. So you gotta, you gotta bend, then make adjustments in there to be able to get to that future. But even, uh, if you are in that position where you have the, the ways of history, right, that there are take keeping you there you still can make some adjustment but you still look into the future and then you start looking at what is possible right and then you well, okay i uh this kind of this is my preferred future uh this is a probable future given my scenarios and maybe if i align with others i can then you know uh move to this particular future and but i ha it has to be in alignment with people that i that that um, that I feel confident uh, we can do this together. This is the old, you know, we want to buy that ice cream, you know, with the kids, right? You know, every kid said, okay, well, no, uh, we don't have enough, but you know, if we partition, you know, I, you know, you have five cents, I got twenty-five cents. No, I got to be very, very old, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, don't really cause that. <laughs> you know, about dollars uh, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking me in Puerto Rico. You know, very yeah. hot day, trying to you know listening to the music and running after with my little allowance and yeah you know talking to other kids you know hey you know what uh or me and my sister right and then right. we said okay we buy this ice cream you know three quarters for me and one quarter for you right yeah. right and then she either said yes or no and then i will buy and then we both uh you know form our coalition we go together to that place because we know this car is going to happen you know the the, the ice cream guagua you know, yeah. the, the ice cream van is going to come, you know, about three o'clock. It's predictable. We know right. this is possible. Yeah. And all of those conditions trust that that's going to happen. happen. You, you yeah, trust so, that that the driver will be there at that particular time. Well, it's trust, but it's also performance. And it's also uh, the, 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 our ability to be able to see that over time, the outcome is possible. Just like the one that we talked about, back to your story about the 35,000 times. We are able to see that uh, every single time the outcome is probable, and if the outcome is probable, that that allows us the opportunity to to grow trust, build coalitions, right? Because we can demonstrate to somebody, and this is possible. But if we cannot do that, then our opportunity to lead ourselves, to lead others, so all of us together can negotiate what you know the future should be, then it diminishes. And I think this idea of being trustworthy, of trusting a leader, is a continuous uh, uh, dynamic. It, it doesn't, you don't just, we don't just trust you forever. We're going to be watching you forever to see if we can still trust you. And, and as a leader, uh, you're going to have to live up to that consistent, consistently or not. I mean, it, it, it may be your choice. Maybe it's not your choice, depending on the situation. But often you have to live up to those things consistently. Yes, and that that is a good point. So Robert Greenleaf, uh, in servant leader, servant servant leadership, and his theory of servant leader, he mentioned that one of the ways to build trust that leaders 
uh, build trust is by predictable and reliable uh, output, right? He puts it something like, um, he says, uh, being predictable and reliable, even in situations that are uncertain. Yeah. And that's the kind of situation in the future. The future is always uncertain, but it is, but we know is uninevitable. Uh, so there's uncertainty, but my, my, my behavior is always consistent and uh, predictable and it's reliable. And then the other piece of that in building that trust that you mentioned is being able to articulate a direction and, and then and consistently implementing behavior that aligns with that, you know, insight, end state. And so that's, that's very important when we're thinking about moving people from one place to the other. We cannot obviously, um, again, back to, I think some episodes back, we talk about, um, your actions speak so loud that I can't hear what you're saying. And so basically what this means is people divorce themselves from the leader when their actions are not in alignment with, with the end state that you said, you said we were going to go there, but you know, every time, everything you say says something different. So your actions speak so loud that I can't hear what you're saying. And again, that's, they're listening constantly it doesn't listening end. yes yeah. which I, I think leads to the last one and i think this is what the mainly you're talking about is consistency I, I, i've worked with moody people and that sucks uh you never know where they're coming from you never know what kind of reaction you're going to get and man that that just hurts not only the the individual relationships but the organizational relationships because you can't trust that that person is going to be uh, you know I, i'd rather work with a, a jerk but i know he's going to be a jerk than not knowing whether today is going to be a wonderful day or a terrible day based on, you know, and it's attitude, I think. That's basically it. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I that, that piece is about being able to, you know, deploy uh, a, a direction uh, and being able, you know, that, that you're talking about is consistency. There are leaders that they... You probably don't, they're not very charismatic or they're moody, like you mentioned, but you can expect the same thing. And, and sometimes for us in building that trust is that, that, that you have a, that we know where you're going consistently. Right. That always, the, that the leader always brings the donuts. That's a key thing donuts. to being a leader. Well, I don't know. Some people eat donuts. <laughs> It doesn't not, help maybe you PT. and I don't do it anymore because we're old, <laughs> but some people do still eat donuts, uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, but and you know I'm, I'm being facetious here, but <clears throat> treating others respectfully, I guess that's the key. That if we can count on someone treating us respectfully, we're good with that. We can deal with everything else pretty much, but respect is pretty important, I think. Respect is important, and it starts in uh, in the person, right? Uh, in this person's core, we call it uh, core values, right? Is that right. that respect? That's where starts there, and then from there, it's kind of uh, some people don't know how it looks, so that's the reason why that consistency in behavior is important. And people feel respected when you mention listening. 
and and also they feel respected when you pull them aside and say, "No, I'm sorry, you're not uh, you're not right." Yeah, that's also part of that. And, and that that's t sometimes tough, but I think the, the more you do it, the more effective you become. We ought, yes. we ought to talk. We ought to talk about effectiveness. How about we let's do that next time? I like it. Let's do it. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and help you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, be great.